I think you guys have the coolest flag. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Sapman Podcast. Sapman! Sapman! You're listening to episode 108, somehow, of Sapman Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and we're here from the depths no. of dreams no. to remind ah. you that life is not a waiting room, but what did you expect from me? What did you expect from me? This week's guest is a senses fail frontman and original member, one of New Jersey's finest. It's Buddy Nielsen. Yes, and I'm very happy about this. The definition of a legacy band, if there ever was one. So, Census Fail and Buddy have been one of those key acts of the early 2000s, post-hardcore and emo scenes era making countless records for almost two decades now and their influence throughout the culture is undisputed but despite not being able to tour this year buddy has been as busy as ever in 2020 he's just been in the studio recording a new census fail record they released a split misfits ep with friend of the podcast chris conley of saves the day put out two Christmas songs to get in the festive spirit and started his own podcast, The Sound of Change. So we thought we'd invite him on to give us all the updates on that, have a laugh and reminisce some incredible stories from his mad, mad career. Thank you very much to Buddy for coming on. We had a great laugh. We hung out for a little bit after as well. Um, We went off the rails a couple of times Mm. um, with conversation yeah, it was absolutely awesome, to be honest, and it was good to uh, c- connect with him. And um, yeah, I hope we get to do one in the flesh at some point as well. So Yeah, and uh, as I said, some of their albums in the past have just been a huge influence on kind of my music taste over the years. And he really dives deep at one point into that whole kind of time the scene blew up for all those warp tour-esque kind of bands and even share stories of when he was on tour with my chemical romance and bands like brand new when everything started to uh escalate for them so some great insights and i'm looking forward for everyone to hear these stories 
If you'd like to suggest a guest or uh, give us any feedback, go to at SappeninPod. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D on Twitter and Instagram. And let us know your thoughts on any guests so far, any future guests you like, any episodes that you suggest for things we talk about. Um, yeah, just get in touch with us at SappeninPod on everything. And, um, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, well, you know, you could even send us a really nice message because it is Christmas next week. And then a few days after that, giving everyone a warning now so they can get the presents in, Sean. It is your birthday coming up on the 29th of December. And you share a birthday with uh, Jason and Adam Perry of the band A. Yes, I do. So at one point, right, there was four people... Four people in our company working together, and it was me, the Perry brothers, and my friend Benjamin Brown, right? And three of us had the same birthday, which must have been an absolute nightmare for Ben, because think of the three presents he should have, but he never bought us anything, but he should have. The fact there's three of us the same day, I let him off. But uh, yeah, so some people are saying the real Jesus' birthday is December 29th. That's not for me to say, but... Mm, it is so um yeah so uh if you want to wish me an happy birthday on december the 29th not a moment before um <laughs> make sure you follow me at sean smith sucks on twitter at fake sean smith on instagram both of which are not verified or can be verified because of the stupid names i chose i'd like ver- verification for my birthday but i'm not sure if jack dorsey from twitter listens to this podcast he should do he should he should do it he fucking should do it and he should be a patron of the podcast but he's probably not and god knows i know he got the money too so well funny enough you mentioned our patreon sean because i know this time of year a lot of people are definitely thinking what the hell can i buy people in last minute shopping dilemmas and don't worry everyone we've got you back because you can become a official member of our Patreon community and even purchase a subscription to it for your loved ones. How nice would that be? Giving someone a card on Christmas Day and telling them that they officially have a stake in the Sapling Podcast Patreon. So if you head over to patreon.com... Stick? Oh, what? They have... St- what? What? The Patreon's like a shares. I didn't, no, no, I no, no, they no, just no. I, paid, I just couldn't... I thought thi- they just I, give us money. We're, we're, we're riffing, they, and I couldn't think of they, a different words, Sean, so... Oh, thank God for that. It's just you and me. Say, if, we've got to, if we've got to share out that money, which we do already, and PayPal takes a fair lick mm, off the top mm, of it, mm. there's going to be nothing left for anyone, Morg, if they're taking shares out. What I'm trying to say is just go over to patreon.com forward slash sapling, and if you've liked any of the episodes that we've done over the last two years, there's 108 weeks worth of material. You're bound to like one. Give us a little something back to uh, have a little bit of coffee over Christmas, maybe. I don't know. It, it'd just be nice, okay? Yes, it would. Coffee for me, or um, as we all know, Morgan's dreaming of a white Christmas and he loves cocaine. So, <laughs> yeah, as much... If you give for the price of a coffee, I will have it. If it's any more than the price of coffee, that Morgan, that money instantly goes to Morgan for his cocaine habit. So, yes, check out patreon.com forward slash sapning for previous listeners. You will know that that section just there was a joke. And Morgan has never touched drugs or alcohol or cigarettes or anything in his life. No, that's true. I'm um, I'm boring, as the rock and roll kids no, like to say. No, you're um, not boring. No, you're not. Thank you. Do you know what? I think that's more punk rock than... 
wearing uncomfortable shoes well, on stage. That's I, that's how punk rock I think that, you are. That's weird, Sean, because like obviously there's been nothing in the news anyone said this week about wearing uncomfortable shoes makes you more rock and roll. But I I, I was going to ask you that. What I was just going to ask you a really random question and say, like, have you ever worn an uncomfortable shoe on tour? Uh, I once, funnily enough, um, I once got given a pair of Dr. Martin's boots, right? But my problem is with Dr. Martin's boots is, as everybody's problem should be with Dr. Martin's boots is, they come unfinished and you literally have to wear them in. What sort of crazy product? Imagine, right, if you were like, oh, I fancy some bacon. I know. I'll order some bacon off the supermarket. And they send you a pig and a knife. <laughs> right? No. No, that's not what I know. Finish. Dr. Martins, finish your fucking shoes. And also, um, yeah, a massive fuck you to Machine Gun Kelly for his stupid <laughs> statements about rock and roll. I like the fella. I do like the fella. He seems a laugh. And when I look at him, I just see a lost child, you know, like fucking, whoa, I'm in a rock scene. Oh, oh. But come on, fella. Wearing Dr. Martin's boots doesn't make you cool or tough. To me, it makes you look like um, Frankenstein's special needs friend. So, um, well, yeah, reel yeah. Yeah, re- re- it in, Machine Gun, or come on, yeah, and explain yourself. Well, I would love that because I think a lot of listeners know that I have been obsessed with uh, Tickets to My Downfall. But um, stupid statement, and who knows? But if, if Doc Martens do want to give me a free pair, I would, uh, I'll have them because they're worth a lot of money and we can use that for better stuff for the podcast so yes i, I like i like the way you've just admitted Do- dr martin's oh is there a chance you can send me some stuff so i can sell it on yeah that's what you yeah that's fine um, i'll take a photo with dr. him on martin's. my instagram and then i'll just sell them then dear dr martin's two things number one i don't think you've actually got the qualifications to actually be a doctor mm, that is true as well and number two keep your fucking boots i don't fucking want them who would have who would have more of a qualification, Dr. Pepper or Dr. Martins? Um, well, I'd say Dr. Pepper. Well, well, if you think about it, Dr. Pepper's bad for you, right? Obviously, sugar and all that shit, right? But... What's the worst that can you happen? Kinda, you, you, well, that, nice, <laughs> nice. The one, pun, the one pun I will accept on this show, that is nice. But also, for Dr. Martins to call themselves doctors and then literally destroy your Achilles tendon for three months, right? I think that's a little bit ironic. They should be called Bastard Martins. <laughs> wow, this has been one of the strangest starts we've ever had, but let's just get yes, into let's this get into it for wonderful sake. conversation Sorry, with Buddy from Census Fail. It's going to get very emo. You're going to enjoy it. Have a jolly festive wow. period. Sapnin! <laughs> My fucking feet never recovered from those stupid clumpy shoes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Sapnin! 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 Yes! Yes! <laughs> this week's guest is Senses Fail frontman Buddy Nielsen. Yes! Yes! How are you? How are you, brother? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, but that, that changes on a daily basis. Today, I'm pretty good. I took my dog to the, uh, the groomer. Oh. Um, yeah. My daughter isn't too mad at me this morning. So, yeah, things are pretty good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, let's look it up. Good. William good. Yeah, no. got a vaccine today. Let me look that up. William Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. He was the second person. Second person. I think he's 90, 81. Sorry, William nice. Shakespeare. Nice. I bet Bill Gates is having a right good laugh today, controlling 90-year-old William Shakespeare then. <laughs> hey, all that bloody anti-vax nonsense. Yeah, so today, yeah, the, today's the first day that the UK have been given, anyone in the UK has been given the vaccine. Yeah, that's exciting. It's, yeah, well, very exciting, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully it just means tours and shows and stuff can happen soon, because I'm absolutely busting. Yeah, I think it's still going to be a while. I mean, we we have our we uh, we were actually we have a tour planned for the UK and Europe that we had to cancel with two really amazing bands. I can't tell you who they are yet because we didn't announce it, but they're they're, uh, they're pretty massive. And um, so we were we had a tour that we were supposed to be over there in October, and then of course it got canceled and it's moved until next twenty twenty one October. So fingers crossed. I mean, I for sure think we'll probably be able to tour in other countries before America. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. And I'd, I'd imagine the UK would probably be, well, if we've got the vaccine now, hopefully we'll yeah. be one of the first to open up again. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think there'll be some protocols, procedures and whatever, but but I, I don't know. We'll see what happens in America, but it's a much easier to, to you know, UK is a, a, you know, England and the UK in general are smaller countries that took it more seriously so it's less prevalent and i think it'll be easier to probably get under control than yeah only only we only took it slightly less seriously though <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like we took it massively seriously and went shut the fuck it shut everything down now for fuck's sake we literally went, ah, let's wait let's wait let's wait yeah, let's wait. yeah. Uh, they, bugger, it's you <laughs> yeah a lot of people died like i, I get i mean i i you know it's not like comparatively to like Germany or something. Yeah, yeah, I think you guys waited much longer. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're comparing, you know, like 
how many people have died? Like 30, 40, 50,000 in the UK? That's still a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, it's like 50,000, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of people. If you were to take 50,000 dead bodies and pack them into, like, what is it, like Wembley or something, like that would be pretty notable. That's what we could do. I could get my band back together and do a sold out Wembley with all the dead people. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's not a nice image. That's, a, that's, that's the most evil thing I've ever come up with. Um, but I'm that sorry would about that, guys. Point that, you know, I think. Yeah, it would, yeah. Desensitized in America, I think we're close to 300,000. And at this point, I mean, it's just, I know it sounds terrible, but to a lot of people, not myself, but to a lot of people, you know, it's just such a big number. It's like they can't even fathom. Like, it's, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, when you think about when you think about things like nine eleven, like you know, four thousand people died at nine eleven, and yeah, what? Yeah, you're nearly on like three hundred thousand now. That's yeah, it's 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 nuts, isn't it? Um, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, let's let's get <laughs> off misery. But, but, we didn't want misery, despite despite the misery of everything going on in the world right now. I mean, I know. You've mentioned that a day-to-day basis everything changes, but how are you? How have you been able to cope over the last few months and really this year in lockdown? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, it's been up and down. I mean, in uh, in the beginning, I was in the middle of the the first couple of months of the year. I was finishing. Well, I finishing writing and then started in the studio recording a new record. So, like, literally towards the end of the record was when, you know, I think Tom Hanks got it. Uh, the infamous day where like the NBA shut down and Tom Hanks got it. And I remember it was like, okay, we're, we're going to, we're going to call it a day. And like, it was super scary in the beginning, you know, I mean, we just didn't know and all these people were dying and it was just, it, it was wild. So the, you know, the first couple months, it was real weird. I kind of like, I had a really tough time mentally and I, I kind of like just really wasn't being productive. And then, maybe around June or July, I started just sort of just be like, look, I got to like, I got to figure something out. Like clearly we're not going to tour because in the beginning it was like, Oh, we're going to push this back like two months or to the summer or whatever. And you know, we pushed all our touring back and we had a record and all this stuff and we hadn't finished the record. And that was like kind of not in the cards yet in America to just get back out there and start recording. So that was on the back burner. Touring is on the back burner. Um, all plans of doing anything were put on pause. And uh, so I ended up starting a podcast because <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. And we, we actually have a, uh, our ma- the management company that we're part of, um, they're called Rock Nation. And uh, it's like Jay-Z, I mean, what, I mean, name a person, they're part of it. They have a deal with this podcast company. And, you know, they were kind of like, look, like we can facilitate doing the editing and sort of the difficult bits and I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I did about 20 episodes of a podcast and ended up finishing a record, writing another record. Uh, I've got, uh, what else did I do? I did, uh, we did a Misfits cover, E7 Inch, which saves the day. And then we just released two Christmas songs. And then, uh, yeah, so I've been super busy. I'm starting um, like a YouTube channel where I review, where I do a bunch of different things. Uh, You know, we'll see what sticks. But yeah, so I'm just trying, you know, everything I can to be busy and active without being able to tour. I mean, that's really a large part of my life is, especially when we have a new record, you know, I'll do two to three US tours on a new record. Uh, You know, we'll go to the, you know, we'll go to Europe, we'll go to Australia. Take that out. I just don't have the same amount of, um, you know, I've been touring since I was 18, 
19, I'm 36 now. So it's a large part of my life that I'm missing traveling too. I mean, even when I'm not touring, I'm traveling, you know, for fun. So nice. But yeah, it's good. It's, it's very good to you. You've been busy because yeah, like you said, like I, I went through the same thing in the beginning. Like I was like full of kind of doubt and not sure what was going to happen. And, you know, I was, I think I was a bit low when I was a bit depressed, but yeah, I think it's it's super good that you've kind of come out of that, and yeah, to hear all the things that you're involved with and you've got going on is is awesome. So yeah, congratulations on that. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I mean, I think you know, I think I've been busy. I can't really tell. Like, I don't. People have asked me like, what are other musicians doing? And like, to be honest, like, I I don't know. Like, I I I know some people have you know been hustle. I mean, I guess I'm just trying to hustle because like I don't I don't know like what I'm supposed to do. And it's, it's, I'm so deep in the hole of being a musician, you know, meaning like I'm 36 and I've done other things in my life, but I've come back to being a full-time musician. So really don't have like a lot of options other than just trying to double down on um, being a musician, being creative and, you know, living off of, you know, I guess the, the career that I've built. So I really just got to figure out ways to like enhance that and make that, um, work you know yeah. i don't have any other, i don't really have any other <laughs> options i mean luckily luckily i was able to get a loan from the government i mean that's one thing that uh because of the way my business is set up i'm like a proper business and i pay proper taxes and you know i mean so i was able to actually get a loan which has been my lifeline so i'm lucky in that case uh if i if if that hadn't come through and that didn't work out i would be i'd be a lot i'd be a lot more nervous my wife's a teacher, so she also has a job. So luckily she has a job and I was able to get a loan, which I'm trying not to spend. I, oh, I also built a studio. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah, you have been busy. I have this, you can't really see, but I've got like all my all my stuff set up and I, I built a full studio in my garage. So that's where I produced and recorded. Well, I didn't produce it, but I, I we didn't track it here. It wasn't ready yet, but that's pretty much where I'm going to be recording Everything moving forward for census fail. So I built a studio. Uh, yeah, as part of, I forgot that. That's where I currently am in the studio. Yeah, well, nice. Nice. Well, yeah, who will, um, yeah, who will produce? Do you have an idea for producing for the next census fail record or? Uh, I'm probably going to self produce that along with our old drummer, our original drummer, Dan. And we're probably going to produce it ourselves. Um, the new record, the, the one that's done. And that is going to come out next year. It was produced by uh, Bo Burchell of Seosin, and it was uh, mixed by Ken Andrews, who uh, he he's mixed uh, Paramore, N83, uh, Jimmy World, um, tons of people, and uh, he mixed it and uh, just finished mastering it. So that's going to come out. We have a whole rollout plan, a whole because you know things are all different now because you can't just like. There's no touring, no live. Sh- I, I'm not like real stoked on the live streams. Like I'd like to try to avoid it if at all possible. I just, it's just not something that I'm personally stoked about doing. It's uh, the band is all separated. We're all over the country. And so it would be just having to get everybody together to do a live stream. It's just, I mean, I think we're going to do it eventually, but it's not high on my list of priorities. Mm. 
Yeah, because one of the things I was going to mention, Billy, is the fact that at the start of the year, there seemed to be a lot of excitement coming from yourself and online going into the studio to record these new songs. Obviously, you've just said that all that is now done and mastered and everything. But what what can you tell us about uh, this new music? Because it seemed that you were excited as ever to get back in the studio and be creative. Yeah, I mean, I I, I really am. I think it's the best thing personally I've done. I mean, I'm... um taken over the role of being the main songwriter i played you know played guitar and pretty much the most i've been involved i mean obviously like as you know and when the band started i was just the singer obviously i gave my input on things and but mainly my contribution was lyrics and melody and now it's i mean i'm starting from scratch so yeah uh, i guess uh it kind of if 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 i had to pick what it sounds like it'd be like if you took some of our heavier darker stuff and mixed it with like uh like still searching era uh so it's like a modern take on probably what like a still searching record vibe it's sort of a bigger uh, undertaking the last record was kind of I don't know, more like, you know, pop punk kind of um, upbeat, uh, you know, the lyrical content was obviously pretty, pretty heavy or, and, and could be dark at times, but overall had like a, a vibe that um, was a little bit more carefree. This is definitely like a darker overall journey. I'm really excited about it. You know, it's, it's weird to have something done for so long and then be waiting so long for it to come out that I, I think when it does come out, it's going to be strange to be like, Oh yeah, that like, it's just weird. You, you, know, you get super stoked. You, you make something, you, you record it and you put it out into the world and, and you get this like gratification of like uh, what, you know, what you did, but this is like really going to be really delayed which, but I think it's really helped because I've been able to really, really, really fine tune it and, and sonically spend time. I mean, I spent six weeks mastering it. I don't think I've spent longer than a week on mastering in the entirety of my career, let alone, you know, once you get in the studio, you've got your release date set. So you're kind of like all racing towards this goal. Uh, whereas this is like this open-ended, like we think it's going to come out now you know x and i i'd really like to avoid releasing it without being able to tour i mean i just put so much time and effort into it that i really don't want it to become just something that comes out in 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 sort of a vacuum i've seen how you know some bands have had success with it like i think it works better for pop music yeah i feel like um yeah some bands have kind of done it over this period and it's it's almost as like it's been like a throwaway album. It's almost like you're just filling the void for now, even though you've put, you know, some bands have put two years work into an album that was meant to come out this year and now they've had to put it out and they can't do anything with it other than just promote that. And yeah, it just feels like a kind of a throwaway. So yeah, I, I completely understand you thinking that way. So yeah. Um, and that, that's why I'm just trying to avoid that. And I'm just trying to like, I really don't want to do that. I put so much time and effort into it that I'm trying to create other releases to <laughs> yeah, fill yeah. that void of like, you know, Hey, I've got this, we got this, we did this cool thing with save the day. And I mean, I've got a ton of other songs, but we're, we're going to start rolling out the record and new music early next year. So it's going to be probably closer to like what bring me just did where they kind of just released a bunch of songs and then kind of a, you know, an EP appeared. I think that's more along the, we're going to treat, 
it a little different than your standard record. And then but hopefully by the end of it, it'll be time to, you know, go on tour. And um, we, we have our tour. I mean, the, we're going to do the same tour. We have this tour with Bayside and Hawthorne Heights plan that we've, that's still the first tour we're going to do. I, I don't, I don't really want to be like the, the guinea pig for what it's going to be like. So I think it's a really good tour because it's such a strong package and it, half the shows are already sold out. Um, to begin with. So it's like, I, I feel like it'll be good for us all to go out together and, and have a successful tour. And it'll be good for just everybody involved, including venues and stuff like that. Whereas like, I think if we went out on our own, we're gonna, I mean, there's going to be, everybody is going to get the green light like all at once. And it, do you know what? I never thought. I never thought at that point you you were making then of like everyone's when 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 the green light goes, everyone's going to be running to tour, and <laughs> the best idea the best idea is that package to like I never even thought of that. That's clever. I'm gonna, let me write this down. <laughs> Get a package to a show. <laughs> but um, for fuck's sake. But yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's such a confusing time with all that. But on a brighter note, I mean, it, Christmas is coming up. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, we should get a bit festive because you have just released two Christmas songs, uh, covers of some holiday tracks, a bit special to your heart. Um, I was going to ask how these came about. I, I, you know, after all these years, why now put Christmas songs out? But I did read that your um, stepfather's been grinding on for eight, for years trying to release some yeah. holiday thought, music. But the key to success is Christmas songs. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, honestly, they live. I mean, if you can, you can get a Christmas songs and they live in infamy for forever. You know, I mean, look at, you know, look at the Christmas songs that you got. I just don't foresee. It's never rock songs. Christmas. Like, well, I mean, you know, Paul McCartney's got a couple and John Lennon, you know, he's not wrong. You got to do a bond. I think, I think you got to like, I think maybe I'm going to try for the rest of my life to get a Christmas hit. And once a year I'll release two Christmas songs in hopes that one of them ends up becoming my, um, my Paul McCartney moment or whatever. I can wham, wham again people. And I'd also like to do Bruce Springsteen. So next year I'm probably going to go with those two. It's fun. It's festive. It's easy. It's, it's it's especially with the way that like Spotify and things work now with playlisting, you know, I mean, it's, it's uh it's just sort of like, if you, if you like now that I have a studio, you know, and, and can like just record things without having to spend any money to make something like there's, you know, spending $5,000 or more to make a Christmas song. It, it, that's always been why we haven't done it. What's the point? Unless there was like somebody who was like, Hey, we need a Christmas song from you. And that, 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 that's never happened. Well, it did one label who reached out to us years ago was like, we want a Christmas song from you guys. And I was like, well, I can only do this one Christmas song. And they're like, yeah, we, that's not what we want. And, um, they refused to do it. So I refused to be a part of it. That's also the other reason is the Christmas songs I want to cover aren't the Christmas songs that anybody wants to hear. <laughs> yeah. well, that's, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say like, when, when was the last massive Christmas song that came out? Like, what was the last one you can think of that came out that is still played today? Like, they're all old. Like, nobody's nobody's written, like, an updated classic, I suppose, um, in the Christmas genre. So, 
Maybe maybe that's that's fallen to you now. Well, I think one of the things is you don't it's it's not an immediate gratification. You're kind of like laying the groundwork. I think what it is is like maybe 20 years from now the Christmas song I do becomes a hit. It's it's not I think that that Christmas songs work. It's like I mean that's even apparent with Mariah Carey. The Mariah Carey All I Want for Christmas was a big song, but now it's like apparently so massive and it's time that perf- you got to, first of all, be old. You have to be an old person, which I'm approaching that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Same age. Yeah. And it has to be old. I'm going to start putting out stuff now. So by the time I'm 50, I could be like fully in like a Christmas success yeah. mode. Smart. It's kind of like the, ba- the band Slade. The band yeah. Slade. Um, every Christmas they have that song. It's Christmas, where he, he yells at or whatever. <laughs> and then, um, and then April comes round and he's made like a million, a million pounds because his PRS has come in for Christmas. So yeah, it's, yeah, yep. It's, that's all you got to do. But it's a, it's a, it's a slow burn. It's not the immediate payoff. So yeah. I, I, I feel like. Uh, you know, maybe I'll see the benefits in like 20 years. Yeah. Well, it's it's the long game, isn't it? It's waiting out for the long game. But I mean, what is a typical Christmas for you? I mean, what, what's a typical Christmas in the Buddy Nielsen household? What do you normally get up to? Well, from, we travel. I mean, usually we travel. Uh, two years ago, we went to London. Uh, we did uh, the Christmas park in uh, Hyde Park, which was, <laughs> we tried to meet Santa and it took us three days. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody winter wonderland. Yeah, winter wonderland. Uh, and it took three days. I mean, we didn't wait in line for three days, but I mean. <laughs> Camping out. Well, yeah, we ended up, you know, we went once. And I didn't know what it was. Like, I didn't, you know, I didn't know it was the massive thing that it, you know, talk about where a virus would spread. I don't think they do it this year, which is oh, like, thank yeah. God. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought it was pretty fun. And so we usually travel. We either, I'm, I'm either uh, visiting my family in New York or I'm going on like, you know, just a, a, a sort of a, a travel trip. My wife's family is from Peru. So, we, we have a lot of options and we're usually traveling and that's like a big thing for us. But um, when I always make food, it's like, I think the dinner for me is the, the biggest thing. I'm not like, as I've gotten older and um, I don't gift giving and stuff like that has become less important. I don't really like that aspect of it. I think it's kind of like the stressful Look, I like getting people things. It's not about that, but it's just about the like the time crunch and the the figuring. And it's just it's a yeah, it's deadlines and it's fucking making people do stuff. You know, yeah, I, I get I get the vibe. Uh, I don't love that aspect, and I don't need anything. So it's like it's you know, but for my daughter, it's fun and but really cooking. I mean, that's that's one of the big things, and it's weird because people from New Jersey like I'm not Italian, but because I'm from New Jersey, I'm like partially keyed in on what italians do for okay <laughs> and uh so we do this thing we well last year we made a porchetta and i'm gonna make porchetta this year which is like if you know anything about it it's it's pretty pretty cool piece of meat uh it's like a pork loin and pork belly with the skin on and you roll it up and you, you know you season it inside you roll it up and then you uh actually make like crackling on the outside by 
you drip hot oil over it and then that becomes like crackling and then then we do like a meatballs and spaghetti and an antipasta and then we do a bunch of salads and we have a whole thing and then a whole dessert so for me really like my tradition my thing revolves around the food and yeah i i like traveling my biggest thing is i like traveling i like being you know like when you're in germany you go to the christmas markets you know that's super fun i always like the traveling and and the the visiting other places and and that's really what gets me festive like this year i do not feel in any way as normally excited about you know i live in la so it's you know 75 degrees out it's it's there is no for me growing up on the east coast you know we got a massive tree in rockefeller center and everything's got christmas lights and it's cold and you know it's just it gets you in the vibe here it's like 75 and you know we're worried about like fires and (laughs) t-shirts and shorts at christmas yeah yeah. Yeah, it's a little it so that's also why i like traveling to to sort of get back in the weather and get back in the in the spirit and and uh i like it i like the like wind down of the year it's probably my favorite time of the year just sort of like a the wind down time, everybody gets time off and you get to sort of take a break from everything and then recenter and refocus. And yeah, I, I don't know if it has that same vibe this year. Maybe you guys, okay. You'll have like a semi normal Christmas, even though I did see like a bunch of people in front of Herod's with no masks on. I didn't <laughs> No, Yeah. I think that's just pro idiots protesting. I think yeah. no Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys will have like a little bit more normal than we're going to have. I mean, like where I currently am, we're in full on shutdown. You guys just came out of, and we're going to have that through the beginning of next year. So, uh, you know, it's just going to be muted. I mean, we don't get to see any family and I mean, I, I'm sure you, you can, if you want to take that risk, but uh, we're not, we're not going to, so we're probably going to camp in the middle of the desert. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to ask, how did the, um, yeah, the Misfits covers come about with Saves the Day? Because, uh, yeah, what a band. What a band Saves the Day are as well. So, um, yeah, how did that come about? Um, I mean, we've, we've been friends a long time, Chris and I, and we've toured together. And uh, we have the same manager now. And um, I think I was talking to our manager just about, like, hey, we should, I don't know, I don't know what to do. Like, we should do something. You know, I want to do... What if we do some Halloween songs? What if we covered AFI or whatever? And, you know, I want to do this Christmas thing. And, you know, he's like, well, what? Well, you know, he, he threw out the idea. What if we do, what if we do a Misfits cover? You know, and I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, like, let's do that. And he was like, well, what if Saves the Day does it? We do a split. And it just sort of rolled and, you know, all came together. And we're both, we both have studios and we're self-sufficient, meaning that, like, we don't have to really spend any money to make the songs, which makes it, super easy and, and useful to do, you know? So it's like, cause that, that's always the barrier for a lot of bands is okay. Well, when we got to get everybody in the studio and we got to spend money and then really what's the not payoff, but like, you know, does the cost outweigh reward? And for, for me now, and that's why I have the studio and that's why Chris, Chris has had a studio for a long time. You know, we can just sort of bang things out if it's a good idea and we're fired up. So, but yeah, I was uh, immediately like, yeah, let's do this. And then they kind of like rolled into the artwork, which ended up being perfect. And then, I don't know, it's just, it was super fun. It was super easy. And it was just meant to be like a, just what it was. You know, we got only did, I only did a couple hundred pieces of vinyl or maybe we did a thousand or 500. I don't know, but they sold out in like a couple hours. And yeah, it was just meant to be like, hey, we're going to be doing these little things every now and then. And, you know, here, here you go. 
Yeah, I think it's always super cool when like two bands can get together and like release a split or work on like a exciting project on that. But what one thing I wanted to mention is like, do you find that yourself and Chris have a lot of like similarities on, on the way how both bands have transformed and being in the scene over the years? Do you think there is a, a lot of similarities between the two? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I I think I was directly influenced to make the kind of music I make. Mm-hmm. Um, because of uh through being cool and stay what you are so um you know being both from new jersey and we're directly we're influenced and we're in the same local scenes i mean there's a lot of similarities and and also too just how like you know he's the only founding member of the band and i'm the only founding member of you know census fail that's still in the band and you know yeah there's i mean there's so many similarities between just like you know, we've done records that uh, are kind of out of the box, too. I mean, that's the thing is we've taken some shots at doing some things that didn't necessarily, like, appeal to the fan base. Um, you know, and we've, we've I, I think we've always wanted to both not conform. but And then, and then we've, we've both paid the price for not doing that. But, we, but again, like, um, I think we're, we're in this for the long haul because we like being musicians. Like, I don't think I ever won't be making music until the day I die, you know, and same thing with Chris. We even have like the same, I did a podcast with him that I'm putting out this week. He's actually the, the first episode we're putting out is the one I did with Chris. And then we just did like a podcast together for spin. And we both realized that we're influenced by this one interview that Neil Young did that, that where he talks about how, like, if you're a musician for long enough, I mean, you, you play bars, you play clubs, you play stadiums, you play arenas. And then you, you know, it's like this long, journey that's up and down and a lot of people don't realize that you know when you're a musician your whole life it's not all success and and it's not all failure it's like this wave you ride and you know that always influenced me to be like yeah man like it's just like you gotta accept that like a lot of bands will break up once they you know they have their their peak and then they start to go like this and they a lot of people just jump off you know what happens is you you know you kind of ride this 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 thing and and the 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 main thing that keeps you there is that you like you like love and need to make music so i would say that that's we have a lot in common and specifically passion for music above it just being you know i think when you're young and you're in a band it's not just about the music because it's like you're young you don't you don't really have a fully fleshed out idea of what you even want to do with your life and i think a lot of people get in a band and then they're successful and they realize yo i i don't like touring or i don't like traveling or i actually don't like music (laughs) (laughs) yeah where someone you know they're like dude i actually don't like music and that's why i play bass (laughs) That well, is true. That, yeah. that is the job for them. Yeah, the one bass player obviously can end up being the most musical. Hmm. But oh yeah, most of the time the bass player is like, "Yo, this guy is like literally just here because he has nowhere else to go." And one of the <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. So yeah. you know, the drummer is obviously usually super like, "Yo, I'm I'm a fucking drummer." Um, <laughs> Because they gotta carry everything. That's why. Well, they, yeah, you gotta be really invested. You know, bass player is like the least amount of work. Though you can fuck up the most as the bass player. Like you could be fucking up right and left, and pretty much as long as you're staying, you know, in the rhythm, like you're. It's really not that noticeable. Um, so yeah, I but, love it. 
Yeah. Um, do you have the um, a couple of podcast episodes in the bag? Can you? Yeah, um, I've got like seventeen. I finished. So. Ooh, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I wanted to get like a backlog. Yeah. Before I think it's definitely that, the best thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, scrambling as it's unfolding is stressful, but also like you want to be able to release them consistently to really start to gain any kind of momentum. Yeah. Well, we've been we've been doing this now for. This will be a hundred and seven week, hundred and seven coming Friday now that we've done. We've put one out every Friday, so um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a very good idea to get a backlog. Um, try and save as many as you can. Yeah, can you let us know what other guests you've got, or are you just going to keep them and then? Yeah, I mean, I've got uh, I've got a lot of rant. I mean, I was the premise of it is uh, I ask people what the record is that changed their life. Like what's, what's your record that changed your life and how did it change your life? And you know, it opens it up, you know, some of them get real serious and then some of them are way more like nerdy, um, about music, you know, and you know, musicality. And then some of them are peers, my age, like Bo from Seosin. Um, I talked to restauranteurs in Los Angeles who have a couple like up and coming, really good restaurants. It's one place called Wax Paper. Um, I talked to a tattoo artist friend of mine who was on Ink Master. Um, nice. Who's that? Is that Oliver Peck? No, not Oliver. Oh. This girl, actually, she actually got kicked off in like the first like three episodes. <laughs> She's like a infamous person of Ink Master, but she was kind of manipulated, taken advantage of. But um, then I talked to you know some newer up and coming uh, people like. Uh, uh, Courtney LaPlante from this band called Spirit Box. Yeah. It's been kind of all over the place, you know, trying to really like be as diversified as possible. I'm, I kind of wanted to come up with a concept that I could talk to anyone. Yeah. In the first episode, do you divulge what your record was or, um, no, I haven't I think, done mine yet. No, mine would I was, be, uh, I was going to say it's hard because it's, it's like, there's kind of a difference between the one you like the most Hmm. and the one that you have to figure out like what affected you most. So it's kind of hard. Um, I know. Yeah. I'm stuck between two really. Yeah. It could end up being a record you hate or something, you know, and that that's, what's kind of interesting about the conversation. Sometimes it's not so like, it's like, I hate this record, but it, it absolutely changed my life. I don't know. Mine, uh, my, my record, my favorite record, the one I always come back to, the one I like still listen to. And the one that like changed me from wanting to like make really make music as like a, as like a emotional art form was uh, this Jets of Brazil record. It's, it's um, called orange rhyming dictionary. And uh, he, the singer of Jets Brazil was the singer of jawbreaker. And um, lyrically it, it really shifted my, mind and opened my mind to like lyrics and and words as a real like um portal into experiencing life in a in a different way you know whereas i i'd never really gotten that from another band so yeah and I, that, that that sort of took me on a tangent over here and took me away from what I was and, and, and I found it at a time that I sort of, we was experiencing those first sort of like um, 
dark things that happen, uh, you know, whereas like I was like, what, 17 and, and 9-11 had just happened. Well, I, you know, not, well, I'd heard it before then, but I came back to it in that time frame when uh, I had a friend, you know, it's the first person, you know, when you're young who dies, it's kind of a pivotal moment when you're like, oh, wow, somebody my age died. I'm like, what is that? do that had just happened after 9-11 so i started listening to this record more it's, it's a record about suicide too so it's a pretty dark record but um lyrically it's 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 uh, i don't know it's just really changed my life and um that would probably be it or you know i could say like metallica i mean when i was in fifth grade the first cd i got that was like part of my musical journey was Metallica master of puppets. And I think that that I got, I got, I got master of puppets. I got uh smash by offspring. And I got this weird like compilation red hot chili peppers record of all their like funk stuff. So like I was <laughs> not, not stoked about that. And <laughs> Did like offspring, but there was just something about the aggression and the, you know, just that Metallica record. It's like, so I don't know. I'd have to like really sit down and figure out, like calculate, like you know, which one changed me more. Cause it's like, you know, it depends when you hear something, if it's going to change you and all that stuff. So, but yeah, it's, I think it's a pretty fun concept just because you never know what yeah, you're going to get. Very good. Yeah. It's a very good concept. Um, you can talk to actors, writers. I mean, really anyone. Anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Any, uh, yeah. As long as yeah, as long as they've got yours and they've weird <laughs> music, that's it really. That's yeah. it, look. Like. Yeah. Um, yeah, what a good idea. Um yeah, got me thinking about my favorite bloody records now. Yeah, it's kind of fun because then you start to like, at first it sounds like a real obvious thing, you know, like, oh yeah, I'll just pick my favorite record, but then you're like, man, like you know well, like you said like you said, like I'd have to go for I'd have to consider well, was it the album that got me into rock music? Or was it the album that changed me when I was already into rock music? Yeah, I don't that's, know. Yeah, you don't. Uh, it's hard. It's that's a hard. That's a hard. Like, uh, yeah, and that that's sort of the fun to it is like what aspect of it too, and then you know how did it affect you, and you know you start to like kind of learn a lot about somebody by whatever changed them, you know. And, and there's only been one repeat so far, and it was like the most obscure record. It was just. So, so random. It's this Mill and Colin record called Life on a Plate, which two of my friends, uh, the bass player of Man Overboard and then the drummer of, he's, well, he's currently the drummer, drummer of Dan and Shay. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're like this new band. So he's, uh, the drummer of Dan and Shay was also the drummer of Receiving End of Sirens. And uh, they oh, both, nice. this is Mill and Colin record. Like never in a million years would I have thought that would be the first one to repeat. I thought it was going to be like something, you know, something, you know, uh, take off your pants and jacket or, or enema state. I thought it would be something like green day dookie or, you know, I don't know. I just thought it would, but I did not. And within the first 20 episodes, you have like one repeat and it was the most obscure one that, you know, most people don't know. And most people don't even know the band. They're, they're a Swedish pop punk band from like, I mean, I don't know if you guys are familiar with them, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's, they, well, they, they, yeah, they were big. Well, they did well because of Tony Hawk Pro Skater as well. Tony Hawk, <laughs> yeah, they were on. Yeah, yeah that song "No Cigar" and Tony Hawk, and I, yeah, I don't know, but it, it was. I was expecting, you know, something like, like you know, Anima of the State" to be. Mm. Yeah, have you had anybody yeah. on? Have you had anybody on who's um, ashamed of their first 
favorite record or whatever not yet i'm that's what i'm excited for i'm excited for the like the shame like you know like <laughs> i really want someone to come on who hates the record that changed them i really don't like that my record is like disturbed or <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah trapped would be like a really good one you'd be like was i'm not trapped yeah and i'm absolutely embarrassed that the trapped headstrong whatever garbage record that that uh that song was on is like that that changed my life <laughs> i didn't regret that that changed my life yeah it's yeah he's not having a good time oh they got banned off twitter yeah today, yeah, I think. yeah good that'll fucking teach him this quick <laughs> um, well uh, yeah i'm looking forward to to hearing more of these stories on the podcast and everything but um one thing i really wanted to talk about is that obviously i'm sure you're aware of this but 2021 is actually the 20th year anniversary of census fail um i'm sure you've well, got technically it's 2022 oh nice Ooh. one morgan i told him you were a journalist <laughs> and you well if you're you're okay so what i the first ever actual real show we played was in 2021 so it is you're right but Mm. by like metrics of like what we when we actually count as we like fully officially started i mean we played we played a cup we played like two shows in 20 in 2001 and then we like disbanded for like two months because we just couldn't find a, a a drummer and then we found a drummer in february 2002 and so that's what we count as our official start but so we're going to use we're not we're going to 2022 is going to be the 20 year anniversary uh, so okay okay because 20 i mean it's better this way anyways because we have a year to like get back up to speed and yeah. you know i'm i'm much i'm much happier that it's not 2021 and we can hopefully have 20, you know, 2021 is like a rebuilding year to get it back on track. And then in 2022, we could do our 20 year anniversary, which will be, there are other anniversaries we're putting out. We're going to re-put out most of our vinyl next year for Vagrant's 25th year anniversary. So Vagrant is having their 25th year anniversary and all of our records, except for not, that's not true. We, we have one record that came out on drive through. We have one, two, three, four that came out on, vagrant and then we have two about to be three that have come out on pure noise so so yeah we're going to be re-releasing some of the vagrant releases so there will be anniversary stuff um and then we do have 20 year anniversary plans eventually going to start working on um actually just got all the stems and the Pro Tool sessions for Still Searching, uh, Lips Room, uh, and The Fire, which we recorded with McTernan, as well as all the B-sides and stuff. So there's definitely like songs that have never been properly released, as well as um, some things we'd like to remaster and remix. So that's going to factor in at some point into stuff, you know, probably do some type of like B-side release, which would be cool since we had a bunch of weird songs on like, I don't know, like wipe out, burn out. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, do we had some like, anything without in the title? <laughs> wipe out, burn out, uh, burn out. We had like a song on a Punisher soundtrack. We, you know, we've got a cover on the remake of Bad News Bears. Like, we just got some weird songs all over the place, yeah. and it would be cool to put them all in like one release. 
it's just a proper thing that I think a lot of older bands do, you know, it's kind of a nice, like, Hey, here's a bunch of like stuff that's always been out there, but never really got put onto anything. Like let's shove it into one thing, put that out. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, hopefully you won't have too many, uh, hipster emails like myself trying to crack you on the anniversary and stuff. Um, but besides that, I mean, when you look back and have time like this now to kind of reflect on a lot of things, is it just quite insane to think that you're almost at that milestone and have done so much in that time and being able to just travel the world, play with some of your favorite bands and make all this music? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's uh, the goal. I mean, the goal was always to get here. I think, you know, as far back as I can remember, you know, I really wanted to be like a lifelong band. It was a real, like we made a lot of decisions that at the time might have put us in a better situation to have success. Like, you know, immediately, like there were a couple major label decisions we made and things that, that, that probably from the perspective at the time would have set us up maybe for greater success, but we always sort of veered towards wanting wanting to try to be here make decisions to to be around for 20 years and and you know i mean 10 years is a cool milestone but you know 20 years is there's not many there's not many that make it to 20 years you know like you could we could probably sit around here and count on our hands Uh, and, and i look i don't count i don't count if you break up and then get back together <laughs> that there's a hiatus and you know but like there's a lot of bands that like broke up and then took five years off and got back together. I'm like, I, you know, were you around 20 years? Like you weren't active for five. So we've been, we've been active for, for the entire time. So yeah, I mean, I know I'm super proud of that. And, um, I think it's, um, it's definitely something to celebrate. Uh, like, uh, I mean, there, you know, it takes a, you either get super lucky, you get so big that no matter what, it's hard to derail it because you, you're so big that it's just like, you just can't really fuck it up, but that that's usually not the case. So there, you kind of have to persevere through, uh, re, I, I persevere in a reinvention and like finding what it is. I mean, there's so much that's changed between, you know, 2001, 2002, where we currently are. I mean, so you got to, we got to constantly like learn new skills and, and if I mean, podcast didn't exist. <laughs> that is crazy yeah no, it didn't exist then and it's like it's an integral part of um, kind of what you got to do if you want to like uh continue to make music you have to you have to have more content than just music can't necessarily just rely on your music being your sole form of content now and uh you gotta make more content and like you know so there's just but that that wasn't necessarily the case five years ago you know or 10 years ago it was like everything's changing and you just kind of have to like be okay with the fact that like sometimes you'll be ahead of the wave you know and you'll like when we first started we're just kind of like ahead of the wave we were on the wave as it was forming we didn't have to like look around and go what should we do you know and then that wave sort of crests and then you go, oh shit, now we're like trying to catch another wave. And like, that's difficult. So, you you know, if you could just, I'm just going to keep going with the metaphors, you know, if you can tread water, stay alive, then, then that, that's really, that's really the bulk of what you do, you know? And then eventually like you'll survive and not just survive, but you know, you'll, you'll come to hopefully a place where your fan base also like, I don't want to say needs you, but like, 
there's this weird thing that happens when people listen to music when they're young and then they go through their growth phase and then they come back to the things that they once really liked when they were young. And, and I think everybody does that. It's a natural process of being a human being, you know, to like love something, have it, uh, you know, affect you, go out into the world, kind of find your place, try on a def- di- bunch of different things and then sort of settle into like who you are and, and maybe rediscover like some of the things from your past that like brought you joy or whatever. And, um, they don't tell you about that in the music industry. They just sort of tell you that like what is happening now is the only thing that's ever going to happen. And worrying about now is really your only chance of success. When in reality is like, if you can create a fan base and just sort of stay true, like people will come and go and, and you know, you can find yourself being an older musician. Like I don't want to say selling nostalgia, but, being like a linchpin or like a, like an integral part of a, of a specific era of music, you know, what they would call like a legacy band, you know, which is what I feel like census fail is and has become. And I mean, I, I feel like I have to work harder. I mean, I'm competing against records, people that have changed people's lives. So, but it's great. It's great. To, it's amazing to still have a fan base and to still feel like by not only continuing to make meaningful music that discusses relevant things that we're all dealing with, but also, you know, I can still go out and like play those records and songs for people that remind them of their youth. And like, that's super fun too. Like that's powerful. And I think at times I've been like real hesitant to realize that that's a good thing. You know, we fall into the trap of like, well, I, you know, I don't, that's the past and that's not, you know, I don't want to be known for that, but it's like, I don't know. Like it's, it's also a really powerful thing to be able to like be someone's youth like that. That's a really cool thing. And then I didn't really get that perspective until I've aged and I'm like, Oh yeah, that band rips. And I'm like, well, that's weird that I'm that to someone's to someone, you know, like that's super cool. And finally that I've been able to like become mature enough to arrive at that perspective to know, like um, it's not an insult when someone's telling me that they used to listen to me in high school. You know what I mean? Like at first, (laughs) there's this weird gray area where you're like, fuck man. Like, well, cool. Thanks. I'm glad you used to listen to us in high school, but oh fuck. Like that's like, that's never going to leave somebody. Whereas there's so many aspects of your life that you go in and out of, but you like never really lose that identity of, I used to listen to that band in high school. Like that, that's a permanent identity that people always carry around with them. Whereas like the band you listened to when you were 24 and into like some weird shit and you know, that band, I don't know, like that's not a permanent band, you know, like even though it may be cooler and better technically, it doesn't necessarily define identity in the same way. So it's kind of cool to be uh, a band. I, I kind of look and my whole perspective of emo changed from like being something like, lame to really just being like oh this is just like new wave goth music it's just it was just like the reiteration of new wave and goth like it was a joke to people on the outside and was like oh look at all these dark you know funny looking kids and then you know it has this long lasting legacy that just brings people a lot of like happiness and joy and really honestly there was some really good music made and you know some of those bands are the greatest bands to ever exist so uh, i kind of like look at the emo thing in a lens of like, oh, it's just kind of like a reiteration of what the uh, new wave, you know, sort of goth movement was. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I like, uh, yeah, I love the way you put it and I love, yeah, very yeah, well said. I love that way of thinking. So, very well said. Yeah, it's, 
Yeah, awesome. Thank yeah. you. That was yeah. brilliant. Sure. And, and and with all that as well, like obviously just being able to reflect, is there any like moments that really stick out from you from the last kind of twenty years? Just that when you get time to think back on that blow you away or like experiences you've had or people you've met along the way? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, we definitely had a lot of meaningful, memorable acquaintances and, you know, those, those are a little more complicated to like think about. I mean, they don't necessarily just come to mind, but I mean, I've made, you know, countless friends and lifelong partners and relationships, but have you okay then have you met any of your kind of like musical heroes mm. or anything then oh um, yeah definitely definitely for sure i mean i don't really like doing that you know because i can like i kind of like the mysteriousness of that but i definitely have i mean chris from says today i mean uh bad religion um you know a lot, i mean i've been i've been lucky enough to pretty much tour and play with everybody that ever really influenced me which is which is pretty damn cool but yeah, I mean, you know, things that stick out are definitely like, you know, some of the, like the first Taste of Chaos was really just like, I think one of those like lightning in a bottle kind of crazy. There's one show that just like always sticks out in my head. It was the first Taste of Chaos. It was my 21st birthday. Paramore opened for the entire <laughs> show. I think it went Paramore, Static Lullaby, Seos and Census Fail, uh, Kill Switch Engage, uh, Mike M. It's just like, oh, it's just like, but every, I remember everyone being like, who is this? What's this? Who is this band? When I was young, I was 21, but I was looking at Paramore and be like, who are these children that are opening? Yeah. What band well, is my this? Old, yeah, my old band went, uh, went out on their first UK tour over here. And yeah, um, yeah like Hayley had her parents with her every night. And yeah, it was, it was very, very strange, but fair play to them i don't know what they've done since i can't remember if they've <laughs> yeah, done anything since that tour with us but them, so but yeah i mean that that's a crazy moment uh kind of um, the my chem crew as they blew up i mean that was just crazy because it's just like you know there's only so many bands that get that big i mean ever period so like yeah. like touring with them when that happened was was pretty wild we uh you know i mean regardless of what they currently are and you know how you feel about them we were also on tour with brand new when they put out deja and that was wild i mean like that was crazy because we were playing like 300 cap venues but they had just put out deja and like that was i mean that was another wild thing to be around because that record got so big so quick in the middle of the tour and it was just like the shows were like i mean there were people like there were literally people showing up like hundreds of people and they couldn't get into the show, you know, it was like, it was massively underbooked and not even on purpose just because that's how big the band was at the time. And the tour was booked maybe eight months before. And, you know, nobody knew that they were going to put out this record that was going to blow up. So that was fucking crazy to be around. Um, I mean, like, you know, we were around in, in the same areas as Thursday when that whole thing happened and COVID in Cambria. I mean, it's, it was, it was just a wild thing to go from seeing take it back Sunday, play to Legion hall to being like talked about on, you know, ESPN and sports center is, it was weird. It was surreal. It was as being in it. It didn't seem, you didn't have perspective, but now having the perspective, you know, I think the warp tour in 2005, I mean, it was just like, I mean, it was, it was insane. It was just like fallout boy, uh, all American rejects and, 
I mean, I just, it, I offspring. I mean, it was just like the biggest and it, the amount of people, the one thing I always remember is it was impossible to walk through the crowd because the, again, the venues, you know, are booked a year or so before or whatever. And the music, that specific music scene blew up in that year. And so they were like sold out venues and, and these venues aren't meant to be sold out because they're so big, you know, they're not like, they're, they're like, quote unquote, you know, they have a capacity, but they don't, but they like do it's cause they're usually just like, it's like a field or whatever attached to a amphitheater. But I mean, there were so many people at these shows that like you couldn't move throughout the, the crowd to get to the stage or to get to, and, 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 and that's when people started getting like bodyguards, which was like, it was so, that was also a really weird moment too. When I'm like, wow. Okay. So the guy from yellow card is a bodyguard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Ryan. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, just being like, wow. Like, I guess like we're here. That's like what, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. Yeah, I just uh, you know, and then and then like people start like dating famous people. That was interesting too. Like when Pete Wentz, you know, you're like, oh, so you're dating Ashley or like Bert from Used. You're like, I know Kelly, I just, Kelly Osborne. Yeah, but Kelly it was just Osborne and Bert. Yeah, it was just a weird thing to like kind of like pick your head up from like, oh yeah, like two years ago we were just like playing at Legion halls, and now we're literally playing in sold out arenas. That was just, I mean, the perspective of it when you're in it again is just not there. But now when you look at it from an outside perspective and you're like, whoa, like that's crazy, like crazy. I mean, we did one tour that was like Reggie in the full effect headlined Midtown was direct support. And then it was my chem and us, you know, it's like just some of these tours that happened are just really, really cool that we were able to be a, you know, able to be a part of them. And, and, you know, we've still gone on to do like some really cool, awesome, awesome tours. We got to do the last warp tour and that's always going to be memorable too, you know, for me to be, hopefully, I mean, you know what, part of me hopes he brings it back because like, I, I feel like people need it. <laughs> uh, like I'd be bummed because it's like, I feel like I did the last one. I don't want to lose that. Like I, I want to do the last one, but We'll see. I don't know if he, I don't know. I, I heard him say something, but I don't, I haven't asked him. I don't think he's going to bring him back. I don't know. Maybe mm. will. Oh, it would yeah. be good. Would, yeah. Very, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, something needs, something needs to happen. Some sort of tour needs to happen like that. I think over there again, because it's just become such like an institution and just kind of, yeah, just a brilliant summer for the last, you know, yeah, but the problem years or whatever. It just didn't, it, um, to a younger generation, it didn't have the same um, like meaning. So really encapsulate their music scene and their music style. So I, I get it. It was kind of detached from that. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe it works better as like a, a like a Redding and Leeds type. I like the way they ended it and they did oh, one East Coast, one West Coast, two days. I, I thought that that might be the model for for it moving forward. They were massively successful. And as you guys know, people like, traveling to a festival for a weekend, you know, do a thing. It's, it's, you know, like a lot of the places in the U S they don't, they don't need a massive tour. Like you don't got to take the tour to a good part of the country. It's like when we've done like 14 day UK tours, like, you know, do we really need to go to like, you know, wherever, even though I think it's super fun. Like I love, we played the cave right in Exeter, yeah. uh, the cavern. What is the it? Cavern, yeah. The extra cavern. Yeah. 
you know, but you don't, you don't like most bands, you come over to five days. Like you don't got to do 14, but same thing. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe that'd be cool. <laughs> it'd be nice. Nice thing to look forward to. Yeah. Well, nice. This, awesome. Well, yeah, yeah. Thank you very, been, very much for this. This has been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely. I've loved all the stories and it's just being another fantastic insight. So yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, thank, thank you. you very, very much. Um, yeah, good luck with everything. And um, hopefully the one day, one day, one day, next year, next year, we get to do one of these in the flesh, hopefully, in the UK. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right. Have a good uh, holidays. Bye, guys. You're listening to Sammy Podcast. Don't know why I wear Mexican. Don't know why I wear Mexican eh? But thank you again to Buddy Nielsen of the legendary Senses Fail. It was a fantastic chat. Mm -hmm. I was worried beforehand. I don't know why. You're getting worried a lot lately with guests. What's wrong? Are you okay? I don't know. I think. Well, not really. I'm having a bad time. But apart from that, (laughs) (laughs) apart from the stuff that's going behind the behind the scenes, which is literally devastating, um, that we're laughing now. Yeah, we should laugh. (laughs) 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 Let's keep laughing so I don't start crying on the vodka. (laughs) Yeah, I was a little bit worried about talking to Buddy because we've never spoken before, and I just think instantly everybody who meets me is instantly going to think I'm a massive dick. So, um, which is why we've got you here to, you know, be the flip to my dick so you'd what? be a, i don't know <laughs> i don't know i've gone fucking but, mad i've gone mad i, I started I, thinking about all the shit that's going on behind the scenes okay. and, I, and i'm lost okay well I, I appreciate the sentiment because as like you know as you know i'm full of emo knowledge so you know just stick me in front of a legendary emo musician and it's uh it's magic as as it can be but yeah great great to have buddy on i loved it and of course, Census Fails' new Christmas two-track EP is available now, titled Christmas Has Been Cancelled Due to Lack of Hustle. And do remember that this split EP with Saves the Day for those Misfits cover is also able to stream worldwide too. Um, in that conversation, though, there was a little bit where he was on about doing... the um, His big thing for Christmas is doing food. Now... Sean and I, during that segment, were literally just staring at the screen, almost drooling. It's pro- that's probably why we were so quiet when, when he was saying that. Um, so my question to you, Sean, is what is your ideal meal for, uh, for the festive period? Is there anything in particular you look forward to at this time to, that makes it for you? Well, um, it's been well documented um, by well documented, I have mentioned it twice or three times oh. before. Um, that my mother Jan creates the greatest Sunday dinner of <sighs> all time, uh, and she could do that every Sunday. She could do that every Sunday, but on Christmas, oh, I don't know why, because um, yeah, she doesn't believe in little sweet baby Jesus, but I don't know why she pulls out all of the stops. Wow. And yeah, Christmas dinner is a is an event at my house and my mother is the best Christmas dinner maker on earth and that's not an opinion um, it's a fact you know that's not hearsay <laughs> yeah that's not rumour it's a literal fact mm. so um, if anybody if anybody at all wants to challenge my mother to a Christmas cook-off fucking bring it on send your pictures to Instagram and Twitter at <laughs> Sapinipod, that's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D, and challenge, I want to see you at Christmas dinner, because I know it's got fuck all on my mother's, whether you like it or not. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Christmas dinner, sprouts, parsnips, 
uh, chicken, Yorkshire puds, uh, peas, carrots, <laughs> ca- cauliflower cheese. I'm looking, I've got to look away that I'm so excited. Um, You're making me hungry just by you listing oh, all of this, but it's a I'm good, it's a good thing now. we're I, I in, run. it's a good thing we're in restrictions and I can't um, come over for this Christmas dinner. I have been invited anyway, so I'm not going to invite myself. I can't. We're banned. I, I, was, ju- but- <laughs> I was just about to say, yeah, an, an invite would have helped, like, but um, yeah, an invite definitely would have been the start, but uh, yeah, it's definitely not happening. But, yeah, uh, well, oh, just, to, just to say as well that um, my favourite thing about Christmas, and this just kind of shows how, um, how I'm a little fat boy inside, but I get very excited because I have these, it's basically cheese wrapped in bacon instead of like, pigs and blankets is cheese wrapped in bacon right and cheese and blankets yeah and heavenly it's my favorite thing i look forward to it every single year um but you've tried pigs and blankets yeah 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 and you think cheese and blankets is better oh yes you're fucking wrong and you're a (laughs) grotesquely ugly freak wow that was that's from a TV show called the uh, called the Day to Day. So yeah, don't worry about that. That was just a joke. Um, but yeah, cheese cheese over over sausages mm. is mental to me. Oh. Good. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> if all if there's if there's just cheese and bacon to eat, I'm eat cheese and bacon, right? Yeah. But you, I'm I'm not you no I'm not letting the sausages be overrided by a bit of cheese. Sorry. Um, if you disagree with Morgan as well, please get in touch at Pod at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. I definitely spelled it wrong, but just get it right, didn't it? And let us know if you prefer cheese with your bacon or sauce. I can't believe... Has he come to this? <laughs> oh, I'm choking to death. Uh, but um, a, f- a follow would be nice. So go over there, check out all please, our stuff, yeah. retweet, share it with people. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple or Acast, subscribe or subscribe wherever you listen and put it in your Instagram stories. Get it out there. Share it with every single person you know. And if you do enjoy listening to us two Welsh idiots talk to each other on a weekly basis, then why not head over to to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sapnin, where not only is there loads of extra bonus content where you can laugh at us, but you get to make friends with some lovely, lovely people. They've the built best. a community and they've really uh, spoiled this this week doing a, a surprise. Well, they've told us of a surprise they're going to be giving us on Christmas Day. I'm very excited and a little bit worried. So if you want to get involved with all of that, patreon.com forward slash sapning. We'd love to have you as part of our family. If they're giving us a severed head, I'm going to be very upset. Uh, that's weird. Anyway, yep, as he said, patreon.com forward slash sapning. In the description of this episode, on your device, what what you are doing a listen to of this podcast on. <laughs> what a fucking sentence. Somebody write that out, because I've got a fucking clue what I just said. Right? <laughs> Check out patreon.com forward slash happening. And you, yeah, the description of this has loads of names. Doesn't, doesn't just tell you about the information of the podcast, but it's also got names and supporters of our Patreon there. But also, we have to give um, a massive thank you to uh, the elite members of our Patreon, the top tier, who support us and uh, are absolute angels, along with anybody else who's ever joined our Patreon. Um, I'd like to say thank you very much. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. To Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Lewaway, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Janelle Castor, Nathan Croshaw, Kelly Young, Figgy the Slutty Wiener Wacker, Sarah James, Paul Hirschfield, Liam Connolly, Scooby Drew Styles, Kelly Irwin, Mike Lengler, Kat Besant, Amadine Urbano, Loz, Tony Michael, Amy Campion, Johnny Phillips, Scott Jones, Bert, Simon Amos, Jodie Shannon, Belchie the Foulmouth Fuckboy, I can't believe he wrote that out. Kate Stevenson, Danny Eaton, Senny, uh, Senny, Jenny Sexy Boy Munster, Lucy Diaz, Becky Handy, Martina McManus, Emily Senegals, Kelly Smushy the Lubed Up Man Slammer, Mallory, <laughs> John and Emma, Erin Howard, Jason Aredia, Jenny Robson, Marcy Jacobson, Louis Cook, Sandra Kuwachek, Craig Totwank Fish Harris, Tot, Totwank, Totwankfish. I believe. I don't know what that says. Ke- I believe it's supposed to be a tit. Titwankfish. Uh, he's written tot, which makes that way worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> says more about Craig. Says more about Craig that he's accidentally written tot in than it does about us reading it out. So uh, thank you very much again to Kelly Cannon, Kevin Clark, Lou Soul. Livy Cropper, James McNaught, Tallulah Grant, Stuart, I might have Morgan's missing tracky bottoms, I'm never giving them back, McNaught, Sharif Awadale, Lydia Henderson, Dana Dancefloor Darling Lasnova, Nula Clark, Julia Christmas Pun Slamey Ravitch. Nice, nice, Julia. TJ the Acid Burrito on the Wings of the Night, Amber Shatlock. That sounds like a from first to last song. Crisp Kringle, Adam Parslow, Alice as a far-reaching wood, and last by no means least, the fabulous Keris Andrews. Thank you very much to all of those people. Thank you very much to anybody at all who's part of the Patreon. It genuinely means the absolute fucking world to us. We never, absolutely never could have got to where we have got right now without those people. Fact. Absolute fact. So thank you very much. I know this is... um. A free podcast that goes out and it's free everywhere. Um, but yeah, it does, you know, it takes takes time to make and stuff. So uh, yeah, thank you very much to all the Patreons. If you're thinking about becoming a part of the Patreon, thank you very much. Um, you can give as little or as much as you want. We understand that it's a very, very tough time for everyone right now. So um, yeah, please don't uh, go out of your way and 
get yourself in the red for us. <laughs> Even though it is Christmas and Christmas is red. That's true. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah, be safe. Everyone be safe. Um, Morgan, was there anything else? I just wanted to say again, uh, everyone in that community is some of my favorite people of all time with the Patreon. They Correct. made me Correct. very emotional the other day um, telling us that they've all secretly got together for a surprise for us and yeah i'm just uh just excited for 2021 now because obviously we've got some well we've we've got some real big plans and such bad thoughts that's i don't know why i used unit six lyrics but we've got some yeah. cool things planned for for the new year and obviously we'll be back next week on christmas day with a festive episode Fuck knows I what can't it give is. A fucking, I can't, yeah. <laughs> hey, we haven't recorded that Christmas episode, and also we're now struggling to find guests. That's the truth because we had people lined up, but now Slade have gone missing. Anyway, I've said too much. I've said too much. We also got in touch with Brian Harvey, but now you're anything back. I've said too much. I am stay another day. Anyway, yes, hopefully a Christmas miracle is going to happen, and we are going to get a Christmas guest between now and next Friday. I don't know if it's going to happen, but let's fucking find <laughs> no, out. No, it's worth anyway. tuning in next week just to find out what the fuck we've come up with, to be honest. That is fucking true. <laughs> it's, oh, God. It might just be me and you opening. Oh, no, it's not actually on. Yeah, never mind. Anyway, something! <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing my fucking mind, man. I'm losing my mind. Um, yeah, check out Raiders at Raiders Band UK and everything. I hope you're all well and, um, yeah, everyone who's ill gets well soon. So, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I'm thinking of my dad. <laughs> anyway, uh, enjoy it. Ta-da! Slap me! Slap me in again! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to stop doing cocaine before we record <laughs> listen to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.